Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I hope that today's episode finds you doing very well. And I'm just in such a really great mood. It is at the time that you will hear this. Well, those of you who are listening to it live, it's the what second week in September. Fall is approaching us and it's just one of my favorite times of the year. Fall houses my favorite holiday, which is Thanksgiving. It starts to cool down. I can wear my scarves and sweaters. And so I just love fall. And so that is part of the reason why I just have such a cheery <laughs> or cheerier than normal disposition um, as I sit to record today's episode, just getting really excited about fall. And I'm really excited about today's episode because I think it's going to be really helpful for those of you out there who are either starting a business, thinking about starting a product-based business, or have one currently and just want to think through um, the foundations or some of the foundations of your business. So lately, I realized that I have found myself sharing my story about how I started my product-based business because of Zoe Designs. I've done it so often, and it's kind of comical to me when I actually began to tell the story because when I started this business, I had no idea that I was starting something that would change my life and change my career. But really bigger than that, it really did change my life. I never intended to start a full-fledged business and... I really just started selling on Instagram. And for those of you who have not heard my story, I invite you to listen to episode zero. It's um, a little bit of my story. I share how I began um, as a business owner and what led me to making this podcast, how I went from full-time lawyer to two-time online business owner to podcast host um, and so much more. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that, I really invite you to listen to episode zero. It's one of the shorter episodes and I think you'd really enjoy it. But today what I wanna talk about is what if I was starting all over? What if in 2017, having the benefit of knowing everything that I know now about business and life, what would I do if I had to start because of Zoe Designs all over again? Because remember, for those of you who know this, when I started back in 2014, I was selling directly on Instagram. I didn't have a website for the first several months of my business. It wasn't until I realized that I couldn't stay up to two and four o'clock in the morning sending invoices through PayPal that I realized I need a way for customers to get what they want when I'm asleep, awake, and not dependent on me sending invoices. And so now Instagram is a completely different world. The world of handmade hair bows has grown at a rate that is faster than any other area in the handmade world. Yet here I am three years later, but 
I got to thinking, like, what if I were starting all over again? I couldn't start the way I did, which is selling on Instagram. And I wouldn't start that way again. I had no website, no real business plan. And so I wanted to share with you, what would I do if I had to start all over again? Having the benefit of what I know now, what would I do if I had to start all over again? I wanted to share that with you today. And in doing so, I hope and my hope is that it will help those of you who are starting out or those of you who are trying to figure out what comes first, second and third in business. So without further ado, let's talk about what I do if I had to start because of Zoe Designs, my product based business where I sell happy handcrafted hair bows for girls across the country. How would I start all over? I'm going to talk about what I would do, but let's make clear some of the things that I already know, because these are important steps if you don't have your business idea. So number one, I already know what I would sell. So I don't have to go through, you know, the testing and the trial of product development. And is there an audience for this? I know there is, right? So number one, I already know what I'm going to sell. It's going to be my handcrafted hair bows. Number two, I know there's an audience. So I don't have that need to validate my idea, do testing and trial periods. That's not the focus of this episode, although it can be for a later episode. But once I know what I'm going to sell and that I know it's a needed item in the marketplace that has an audience that's able to pay for it, I want to talk about what my next steps would be. So the first thing that I would do would be to open a business bank account. Now, the money that I want to put into my business to start off with needs to come from my business bank account, right? All the money I put in, all my expenditures need to come from a business bank account. And in addition, all the money that's coming in from sales needs to go into a business bank account. No commingling my personal funds with my business funds. So that's common sense, right? So the very first thing I would do and the very first thing that I suggest you do if you're thinking about starting a business or if you have a business and you have not done this is today, go and open up a business bank account. Now, I would suggest to find a local bank that offers free checking for small businesses if that is something that is available to you in your community. Because You'll see and you'll note throughout here, I'm going to talk about ways to save monies, ways not to spend and get the biggest and the best when you're starting off because you want to make sure you're going to be able to make money before you spend unnecessarily. So one of the ways you can save is to find a small business or a small bank, preferably a local bank usually that's has some type of program for small businesses so that you can avoid fees if possible with your checking account. And another great thing about having your bank account set up for your business is is that it allows you to look at your numbers each and every day, each and every week. And this is something that I'm actually implementing now in my business currently. I'm moving away from just reviewing my numbers once a month to now once a week. I'm making Fridays, part of my Fridays, Financial Friday. And I'm just gonna go and look over my week. What do we come, what do we bring in in both businesses and what do we spend in each individual business? Because that really gives you an opportunity Um, more consistently and more frequently to be aware of the health of your business. So all that to say, the number one thing that I would do, very first thing would be to open up a bank account. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I'd realize that I have to send people somewhere to buy my stuff. I have to send people somewhere to learn about me, to learn about my products, to see my products, and then to purchase my products. And so 
Unlike my first time around when I hung out on Instagram for the longest, which was actually great. It really worked for me back in 2014. But today in 2017, I would start out with a website and I'd go right over to Shopify and get their cheapest platform, which is $29 a month. For 29 bucks a month, I would be able to set up a beautiful website using a free theme again keeping costs at a minimum. I would choose a free theme. I wouldn't even pay what, like 115, 149 for one of their themes. I would start out with the very basics to make sure that I'm going to get in the money, bring in the money and that this then will become a priority in the future. And so the lesson that we can pull from that is when you are starting off, even if you come in and you have, you know, a decent sized budget to invest into your business, there are certain areas that are better than others to invest. And while having a beautiful website is important, a branded website is important, it is actually not the most important thing. The most important thing thing is to have a website that is clear, that communicates what you offer, that tells your customer who you are, what you do, why it's important to them. But you can do that with a free theme. That's the thing. And you can always upgrade later. So I would use, like I said, um, Shopify, because that's where I currently sell right now. I've tried multiple things. I would go right to where I know the money's going to be. I won't have to worry about fees every time someone makes a purchase from me. I have control to do so many things, including to sell off campus, meaning I could sell at conferences, sell anywhere. And I know I have a platform that is made for e-commerce. And so that is why I would go with Shopify. And I will put this out there for those of you who like to know what I have up my sleeve. I actually have something for all of you out there coming very soon who are interested in switching or moving to Shopify or who've purchased Shopify and you've been too afraid to actually dig in. I have something coming for you, specifically for you, teaching you exactly how to walk through and start with Shopify. So make sure you're staying tuned to my email list and my Facebook group and right here on the podcast because those are the places where I will announce when those or when this new program will be ready. So just to put that out there, but let's talk about number two again. I would set up my website um, and on the website, I would start with at least these basic pages. I would have an about me page, so important, so that my customers or potential customers can know more about me and how I connect to my brand and the product that I make. And because I'm aware of the fact that the about me page is your most frequently visited page. And I know for me, Every single time I find a business that I hear about or learn about or that I see something that I like, I go to their website and before I look at a single product, I go to the about me page because I connect with people and I connect with stories. And I find it interesting that I'm when I can buy from someone who has a unique story that can tell me about why they make what they make, why they make it, how they make it, why they started their business, who they are. For me, being able to connect with the owner, with the story, with the brand in some form or fashion 
it makes it much more likely that I am going to purchase, that I'm going to go find them on social media and follow them. So an about me page is crucial. And I update mine often because I'll make it and then I think to myself, I can make this better. I can make this better. And so I'm always working on my about me page. It's something that's ever evolving. And I try to go back and check on it at least once a quarter. So about me page would be one of the very first pages I would make. Of course, a home page that communicates who I am, what I do, what my brand is, you know, so of course, for me, I'd have pictures of girls wearing hair bows or the product itself. Um, So my homepage, my about me page, a contact page, because people have questions. And sometimes someone is one question away from becoming your biggest fan. And you want to make it very easy for them to contact you. And so not only would I have my email address somewhere visible on the website, but it's so much easier for a person to go in, type their question and hit send and reach out to you. So a contact page would be the next thing that I would create. The fourth page would be my frequently asked question page because I'm aware that a lot of times miscommunication or ignorance or just not knowing the answer to a very simple question can sometimes be the difference between someone who comes to your website and leaves and someone who comes to your website and purchases and becomes a lifelong customer, a part of your loyal league. And if you do not have a frequently asked question page on your website, or if you'd like to learn more about how to make yours even better, you can go over and listen to episode three three of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. And you can also download the freebie by going to shantegrant.com forward slash three download. And that just gives you so much information about your FAQ page. So that's where I would start my website on Shopify, the cheapest um, account they have, which is $29 a month, I'd use their free theme. Um, I'd sign up for um, to get a free trial, which you can do by going to shantegrant.com forward slash Shopify. If you're interested in a 14 day trial, I'd set up my pages with a homepage, about me page, contact me page, frequently asked question page. That's where I would start. And of course, my page showing all of the products. Um, that should go without saying because people need to come and buy. But that would be the second thing that I would do because I realize that I have to have somewhere for people to learn about me to see my actual products and to actually have an opportunity to become customers. So that one might be a little no brainer, but it's the second thing that I would do. Number three, the third thing that I would do if I were starting all over again is to choose one hero platform for social media. And because I'm a products-based business, I would choose between Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And let me tell you what I mean by choosing one hero platform. So rather than spread my time trying to grow my Instagram, create a Facebook group, have people to come like my Facebook page, pin a billion Pinterest um, photos at a time and have people pin my stuff and really try to do everything so great, which means none of them are going to be great. At best, all three will be decent, good, mediocre. I would choose one hero platform, which is actually what I did do, not on purpose (laughs) when I started, but because when I started back in 2014, Instagram is kind of where everything was happening for me. It was literally where I was selling. It was where I was getting to meet people, where I was reaching my audience. Instagram was my hero platform. I didn't start Facebook until last year, 2016, 
over two years after being in business because I just, I wasn't a Facebook believer, but for those of you who have listened to my earlier episodes on Facebook, you know that has completely changed. Um, And you can find those episodes also just by scrolling through and looking back in our previous episodes. But I... And unintentionally did this in the in back in the day. And so what I'm saying is doing it over again, I do it now, but I do it intentionally. So here's what I would do. I would pick which one I'm going to make my hero platform. And that would be the place that gets my social media attention. And then what I do is the other two, I'd secure my business name. And that's it. I'd put something in, you know, informative in the bios of the others. But for now, I would focus on that one. And the reason I would do that is because I want to grow one place really, really well to be strong. And then by that time, maybe my business will grow to a place where I can then hire out other people to work on those other parts, or I can then have time to invest in the other places and the other platforms. So that's what I would do. And let me tell you why I would do it that way. Well, I just told you why, but let me tell you how I would do that. So for me, I would pick Facebook, which if you would have told me this last year that I would be saying that I would choose Facebook, I would have laughed in your face and said, no, thank you. It would totally be Instagram and maybe Pinterest, but definitely not Facebook. But the good thing about this question is, is what would I do knowing what I know now? And now I have seen personally in my own business that Facebook is the best hero platform for me and my business in the way it's set up. So again, you have to determine what that is for you. But, um, and like I said, I just started Facebook about a a little over a year ago for my business, but I've seen the potential it has that allows me to reach more of my audience. It gives me the ability to do things like create Facebook groups, which I have an episode talking all about Facebook groups in episode episode 12 and also in episode 11 where I interviewed Courtney Foster Donahue who's the creator of the FB Everything course and training that I've taken. So let me take a step back and talk about why I would choose Facebook a little bit better. First of all, like I said, I switched over to Facebook a little over a year ago. I created a page. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even start a group until I think this year is when I actually started my group. Um, But I came across a entrepreneur by the name of Courtney Foster Donahue, who you all met in episode 11, I believe it was. Let me see, because I want to make sure. Yes, episode 11. So if you have not listened to that, you can go back to that. And I took her course called FB Everything, which you can learn more about. Um, It is not evergreen at this point. She has a launch program. So you can always check it out to see if it's available by going to teachmefb.com. That's teachmefb.com. But I took her course and learned about the true power of Facebook for business. And I learned that I would actually fare better actually having a uh, relationship, developing relationships with my audience through Facebook. Because while Instagram is wonderful and it's so important for um I think many types of businesses, particularly product-based business, because it allows you to be visual, it stops kind of there. It's a little more difficult to develop relationships, um, I think, as opposed to Facebook groups where you can actually have conversations back to back, share articles, share video, um, have conversation what feels like behind closed doors where people feel like they can perhaps let down some of their guards, their walls um, to share more, to be more of themselves. And I feel like Instagram 
almost feels the opposite of that, where people feel like they have to always be the best form of themselves, the not really who you really are most of the time self, the glamour um, filtered portion of yourself. Whereas behind closed doors on a Facebook group, you you develop some type of intimacy. And for me, in business, in both of my businesses, relationship is key. Relationship is just something that's big to me in, in all aspects of my life. And so for me, and my personality and my desire for how I want my business to be run and my businesses to be perceived and received, it, de- it depends on relationship. And so for me, Facebook allows me that in a way unlike Pinterest or Instagram. And so knowing that if I was starting all over, I would choose Facebook and then I would take a training by someone who has slayed and dominated the Facebook world in business who teaches in a way that I am able to be receptive to. So it's not only, and I want you to pick up that, it's not only that you're going to take the training or course or find information from someone who has one proven that they have used this platform to attain results, not monetary results, because this is a business, right? But you also want to make sure you're learning from someone who you can learn from. Not everyone can learn from everyone, even if they're knowledgeable. There are some people who my form of teaching, my style of teaching, the way I speak, my personality, it just doesn't click for them. And that is perfectly fine. That leaves room for all these other amazing and talented and educated entrepreneurs who are teachers out there, right? And so it's important um, before you spend money and invest in a teacher to dwell in their presence, get in their Facebook group, look at their free stuff and make sure this is someone you actually one can learn from who you click with, who has a heart of the heart of a teacher, someone whose goal is to teach you and want to see you succeed as opposed to their goal is how can I get your money fast and then dip out of here and you know, I've gotten all I want and need from you. If it's not a mutual thing, run away and run away fast because there we're also in an environment right now where we're filled with that presence too. And I continue to see so many students um, and entrepreneurs who get taken advantage of. And I know because once they find me and they say, oh my gosh, but I've spent 10 times as much talking to someone else and didn't get help. Your free stuff helps me more, right? So Make sure before you invest in anything or anyone's training or teaching that you you've spent some time in their presence and really know that you're going to be able to gain something. And so all that was to say, I would choose my hero social media platform. So if it's Instagram, I'd find someone who's proven out there who teaches an awesome Instagram course who could teach me how to get started. If it was Facebook, I'd find someone who teaches Facebook. It would be Courtney Foster Donahue and her FB everything course. Um, teachmefb.com if it were Pinterest and I actually have purchased a Pinterest course but what I did was I purchased it and I hired my assistant to well I hired an assistant to be in charge solely of my Pinterest and we're currently building that project out right now so that she will walk through that course and she will then just kind of give me a short portrayal of what it is but she's going to actually run and do it right with my supervision but really letting her run off and do that and so what I'm and that's what I mean by I wasn't in a place when I first started my business to master one place and to pay someone else to learn more for me, right? But now I am in that place. And so at later in your career and your business, you will get to a place where you can then broaden out and stretch out, but don't feel like you have to be 
everywhere. I know Pat Flynn, who I love, says be everywhere. But Pat's able to be everywhere right now because he's making multi-millions of dollars. And I'm pretty sure that he was invested in one thing at one time to perfect that before he was able to really get his hands in all the places that he does. So my advice and the lesson to take away from this number three thing is, are you spreading yourself too thin? Are you trying to master all the social media and wonder why you don't have any likes, any comments, any engagement it's because you're trying to, to develop way too many relationships in too many places and two different things. And each one of those platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest require something completely different because they are all completely different platforms with completely different strengths, completely different um, audience who come for something different to each place. Um, so you have to be mindful of that. And that's really hard to keep taking those different hats off across the platforms. And so that's why I'm spending so much time here because I see so many entrepreneurs feel defeated and deflated and disappointed because they're trying to get their people in their Facebook group. They're trying to get people to talk to them on Instagram. They're trying to start Pinterest and none of it's working. And that doesn't surprise me. So what I would do is to choose one. Secure your name on the others, but really give your all to that one. Learn how to use it like an expert does for me, paying for that information is going to save me far more time um, than trying to figure it out on my own, right? So that's why I said I would. what I would do is once I pick that one hero platform, I'd take someone's training and I'd bust it out. I'd make it my very, very, very best if that's going to be the place that I'm going to focus on, right? And so then I'd hold my Instagram name on Pin uh, my name on Instagram and Pinterest to hold for the future. That's what I would do if I were starting all over again. And so the fourth thing that I would do would be to create a MailChimp email account. And I would choose MailChimp because it's absolutely free. And remember, we are starting all over, which means I don't have an audience, you know, and that means I don't want to pay for my email right now. I have switched from MailChimp to um, another platform where I'm paying, but that's because I first started with MailChimp. That was free. It gave me an opportunity to figure out what this whole email marketing thing was. It gave me an opportunity to grow a list and learn how to nurture a list. Um, and so I always advise people when they're starting out, even if you say, you know, I have gobs of money just dripping down. I say start with a free account because you want to make the mistakes on the thing that's not going to cost you anything, right? And so I would create a free email, um, MailChimp email account. It'd be free. You're, it's free up to your first 2000. Um, and I'd start collecting email addresses left and right. Every conference I went to or thing I, everything I went to, um, whether it's, you know, selling at a local art store, anything in town, I'd be collecting email addresses like my life depended on it because Guys, I did not start my email list until 2015, well into 2015, I believe, actually. And then I started preaching it from the rooftops. That was one of the things I used to talk about so much on Periscope, like, guys, get a list, get a list, get a list. Instagram's about to go crazy. And then it did. Get a list, the list. You need to have these people somewhere where you control it. And had I started my list even earlier, who knows, you know, the difference that could have made. But um, now knowing what I do know, that would be one of the very first things that I would do is to start growing that email list and learning how to nurture it and use it and not just to have it for having a list sake, because that's not going to do anything for you. That's not going to result in converting your subscribers to customers um, and keeping them engaged and opening your and reading your emails and clicking through your emails. So 
that would be the fourth thing I would do is to create my MailChimp account um, and nurture that list and grow that list. The fifth thing I would do is pretty meaty, right? It would be marketing, marketing, marketing. Set to the tune of Marsha, 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 right? So important when you're starting off. And I would, I think I definitely have a heightened sense of that since I have the benefit of starting over, but knowing what I know now. And so I wanna break marketing down into a few subsections. The very first one is collaboration, What I would do is I would find businesses that are kind of aligned with my brand, meaning that we share a similar or the same audience. For me, that would be moms of daughters who um, range range from ages newborn to about six years old. I would find someone who has that audience and not just that audience, but a certain type of mom, right? Um, Because not every mom of daughters age zero to six years old is my customer. Um, But I look for someone who offered complimentary items and I would follow them on social media and just kind of first watch and figure out who who do I vibe well with? Who do I like the way they uh, present themselves? Who does not appear to be chatty? um, Not chatty, but um, what's the word? Catty. There we go. Catty, snippy, who I see actually engage with their audience, respond to, you know, comments and not writing a lot of negative or nasty or, you know, kind of. Um, nice, nasty comments. I try to find those people who vibe with me and I would um, engage with them. I'd comment back on their pictures. You know, if I really liked something that they posted, I'd share that I loved it. I'd share that, you know, if we have similar tastes and things, noting, you know, we have very similar tastes because your products, I love looking at your products because they really align well with my bows, but I'd engage with them. Um, and that's one great th- one great thing about social media it, is that it does allow us to do that. I would even go as far as purchasing items from them to do flat lays with my products or I'd use their clothing and um, photographs of m- with my products to begin to tag them together um, to really kind of show I am a believer in what you do and we match would work well together. You know, my audience is, audience is your audience and your audience purchasing from me doesn't take away from you and vice versa. And in fact, it actually adds to, and we're doing our audience a favor because now they have this other thing. I've seen this work, um, really, really well, particularly with people who make clothing for girls. Um, how it's been able to really work that we could work together and share each other with our audience and our audience is usually, and actually almost always very excited about that. I have so many people say, thank you for telling me about her because now I love buying her clothes and they go perfectly with your bows and her audience says the same thing. I love buying her bows. They go with your outfits. Um, So that's the first thing I would do is I would start to watch for those brands and engage with them and just kind of watch like a hawk. I like to watch how people speak to other people, how they comment to people in their comments. Do they comment to their customers in the comments? Um, what type of things are they posting about outside of their business? Are they talking about their family? I go to their website. I look at their about me page. And so I suggest you do all that also. Notice I never said I'd look at their follower account because the reason I don't start there or look there or really that's kind of a non-significant fact for me is because that doesn't tell me one whether or not that's someone who has great character who I want to work with. You know, someone with four followers may be a great fit for me, even if I'm just using their beautiful products because it works really well with my products. Um, 
And so don't be caught up in trying to find people who have high numbers because high numbers doesn't mean high integrity, doesn't mean that it's actually going to get you high numbers. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be a relationship that's actually worth investing in your time um, and your dollars if you decide to purchase from them. So that's the first thing I would do Um, with an eye for collaboration. I would start doing my research and really taking a keen eye to brands. The second thing when it comes to marketing is the word free, F-R-E-E, but with um, a disclaimer or is the disclaimer the word I meant? No, I always forget words when I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. Anyway, free, but with a caveat. Ah, that's what I was looking for. So it'd be free, but with intent and caution. And here's what I mean. I need to get my products in people's hands if I'm just starting out, right? I know it's really great, but it you can have the best product. It's not the person, unfortunately, who has the best product that wins at the end of the day. It's the person who has the best marketing that gets there because I could have the best product, but if you don't know about it and you don't know about it and you don't know about it and you don't know about it, guess what? You're not gonna want it. You're not gonna buy it. You're, you may want it and need it, And it's sitting right here, but I have to somehow get in front of your ears and your eyes. And so one of the ways you can do that is by this magical word that is free, but with intent and with caution, because I also see a lot of people sing sad songs about sending out free products to bloggers, influencers, photographers, and never getting anything in return and never seeing that any type of ROI, right? Return on that investment, never seeing what was promised delivered. Um, And the lawyer in me pops out and says, always do this in writing, always do this in writing. Um, But I would try to find, just like I talked about finding people for collaboration, the same thing. I'd start looking at photographers whose um, photography storytelling fits really well within my brand. So people who photograph children, um, who do a lot of pictures that are outdoors and happy and capturing children actually at play, not a lot of, you know, portraits that are just stand and smile and click, but more like watching, capturing children in the art of childhood, because that's what my brand is about. For me, I look for photographers who have daughters. That has been so helpful for me because they already have what I need, right? They have their daughters that they can capture. They don't have to, I don't have to wait to the next client. And then the next client has to then give me permission. And then their daughter has to actually wear my products. And so I look for photographers who fit within my brand, who also have daughters. For me, that works very, very well. Um, and then you can also give gifts um, to complimentary brands. So remember those complimentary brands we talked about? So I could, you could, for example, say, or this is what I would do, you know, after developing a relationship with someone, even if it's been developed online, um, when you email someone, it should not be the very first time they've ever heard of you. You want to try to make that Um, not the case, unless we're talking about like when you're pitching to stores and retailers for wholesale, completely different. But when you're reaching out to someone for um, working together, hopefully you have done something to at least make who you are somewhat top of mind. Like, oh, okay, I remember her from Instagram. She's always, you know, tagging me in her pictures or she's always, you know, engaging on my page. But um, you could email them and say, okay, hey, I would like to send you 15 of my widgets or for me, my bows. And I would love it if you would include those as free gifts to your next 15 customers who spend over $100 on clothing, right? That's something that's 
free for them. They get to give their customer something which makes their customer really excited to be a part of their brand. And that's going to get someone who I think is in my audience, my products in their hands. And if they love it, the hope is that they will come back and buy more. So that's another thing that I would do that's giving away again free, but it's with intention. It's after I've researched who I'm sending this to, after I've built some type of relationship, even if it is, uh, you know, social media relationship. But that's where I would um, start thinking about that. Photographers that I can reach out to, um, other brands I can give my products to for free, doing giveaways with other products, um, never discounting, never offering sales, but free. You will get farther with free than you will with discounting. I can promise you that, my friends. And so that's kind of where I would start. And then the third thing I would do is I would figure out where are the places where my audience spend time? Where are they on Instagram Pinterest, Facebook, whatever platform I chose, where are they in real life? What books are they reading? What magazines are they reading? What blogs are they reading? Where are they spending their time? Where are they already giving their attention to? And I'm going to go there because it's a lot easier to get your one self in front of the thousands as opposed to trying to get thousands all over to you. And I just gave that advice to two clients this week, but I would find out where my people are and I'd get there and I get my products there some in some form or fashion that could look like, you know, trying to do um, joint projects or joint ventures with local stores, with different stores. And again, that's one of the, for me, one of the benefits of having stockists in stores all over the country is, you know, these stores are, you know, shouting my brand from the rooftops you know, and they're paying me to do it. So it's just kind of my customers are already in their stores. So my stuff is there in their stores. So I would start thinking about all the places where my audience spend their time and which ones make sense for me, particularly ones I could get in front of for free to get right into um, their face. And so those are the three places I would start with my marketing collaborations, the free giving things out, but with intention and with caution um, and with agreed upon terms where it's clear I'm giving you this in exchange for this. You're receiving that in exchange for that. In the law term, it's called consideration, right? We have consideration here. We have some type of agreement and contract so that I'm uh, I'm doing something, you're doing something. We both have something in this fight, right? So that's where I would do um, as my fifth thing. And that's just with the heavy focus on marketing. Marketing is so important when you're starting off because you have this great product, that's wonderful. You've done great product development. You've tested this out. You know it's something that there's an audience for. Now you got to get in front of that audience, friends. So marketing would be huge. And probably where I would spend the majority of my working days, Monday through Friday, is working in some form or fashion on marketing if I were starting all over again. Number six, the sixth thing I would do is then begin to talk to my customers as they come in, right? Early on when, you know, your first few customers, you're so excited, you almost want to pay them for, you know, buying your stuff. You're like, yes, thank you. Woo-hoo. People are buying my stuff, right? You, early on, you, the best way to utilize those people is to now learn from them. First, look at their commonalities, their similarities. Once you have a certain amount, you can start surveying them and asking them just the demographics. And we talked about this. When we talked about surveying your audience. And let me go back and tell you what 
episode that was. That's episode 15, where we talk about how to survey your audience. But you want to find out those demographics early on, right? You know, who are these people who are buying? That's when I would learn about that the fact, well, I know they're mothers, but okay, this mother, my group is, they're more, most of them are married. And here's what they like. Here are the other places where they shop. Um, here's why they chose to buy with me. Learn that early on, even to the point if you can email someone and say, can I hop on a quick two minute call with you just to talk about your experience with me? And in exchange for that, I'd love to give you, you know, two free bows, five free bows, free shipping on your next order, something like that. But again, never a coupon code, never a discount, either free, free shipping, free product, um, or yeah, that's it. Nothing, no discounts. We don't do that, friends. And if you want to learn more about that, that is episode seven. Episode seven, where we talk about sales and how they deteriorate and devalue brands and how instead of that to offer value um, and increase your revenue without sales or discounting. That's episode seven. So that's what I would do. I would talk to my um, my customers because this type of research is priceless to hear from the people who've given you their money Now you can take what you learn and implement that as you go forward, right? They're going to tell you things that you would never have thought of. They're going to blow your mind when you hear why they buy. For me, that still happens. I'm still amazed that as amazing as my products are, that's the second thing my customers talk about. The first thing they talk about is me, the relationship building I've um, created and the community I've created in my Facebook group. That's the first thing people talk about, not even the thing that they're here for, which is the bows, which continues to blow my mind, but not really now because I have since learned how important um, people don't remember necessarily everything you do for them, but they do remember how you make them feel, how they feel when they're in your presence, um, whether you've created a place where they feel comfortable and safe or a place where you feel um like you have to put up a wall. And so make sure that you are doing that. That's something that, something that is very important at all parts of your business, but especially early on when there are not a ton of customers and you can really start digging in there and learning more about what made them buy. Was it what ad, what picture? Was it the picture of the products? Was it a picture of the people wearing the product? What engage and converse with them and figure this out. And then as you begin to b- build a community, whether that's through Instagram or Facebook, not so easy on Pinterest, but you can start conversations there as well to learn why it is they continue to choose and shop with you. So that is the sixth thing I would do is to talk to my brand new customers. Number seven is huge. So, so huge. And I don't think I knew this, um, definitely not to the extent that I do now, but the benefit of starting over knowing what I know now, I would develop relationships. And so this is a little bit different than what I talked about with the collaborations and watching people and kind of starting those type of relationships. I would watch like a hawk and I do now. I watch, I watch people and I listen and I very rarely speak despite the fact that I'm a podcast host, so you probably are like, yeah, you talk a lot, especially if you follow me on Instagram stories. But I listen far more than I talk. And I think that most wise people and people who really want to gain knowledge do, right? You watch, I watch people. Um, and that's how I have found some of my best um and closest friends in business, fellow business entrepreneurs, um, business entrepreneurs, fellow entrepreneurs who are like-minded with me. So I would watch, this is if I were starting over again, I would watch and find one to two like-minded people in business. They don't have to do exactly what I do, don't even have to really have products. Um, but I would try to find one to two 
And notice I didn't say a ton, right? Because that starts to build clicks and then division in the clicks. I don't like that. That does not help to breed joy and peace, which I am it's business life and joy podcast. So I'm telling you how to do things that are going to lead to joy, right? But I would look for one to two like-minded people in business and try to develop sincere relationships with them. Um, having people in um, business who are like-minded as friends and confidants and colleagues, it there's just so many benefits. For one, you can talk to them about business in a way that you just can't, even with your closest friends and family. Um, there are just some things that non-entrepreneurs and non-business owners are not going to get. They just don't get it. Even if they respect it, they acknowledge it, they just won't get it, right? Some people still think because I'm at home most of the day, my office is in my home, that I'm kicking it, right? <laughs> I'm working harder than I ever have in my entire life and loving it every single second. But kicking it is far from what I do every single day, right? Killing it, maybe, but not kicking it. So there's just something about having conversations and being able to vent to, to confide in, to chat with um, another business owner that is invaluable. And that's why I say it's important that this person is like-minded, is trustworthy, because if you're going to confide in them, you want someone who is a keeper of secrets, um, whether that's telling them about a product you have coming or just kind of if you're feeling down or vulnerable or jealous or whatever it is, you want to be able to have a safe place, a person you can talk to where you can drop that veil of perfection, of having it all together and just talk, right? That is so important. And that's a environment I try to create within um, my groups and within my upcoming group mastermind within just the space that I'm in because I think it's so important to have that um, but you also can share resources for you know products for you know great business advice things to listen to upcoming conferences just all kinds of things it's so great when I need something that I can just text uh, one of my business friends and say I think I want to get this. Where can I find this? Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever used this? Have you ever heard of such and such? Have you gone to this conference? What do you know about this, right? And vice versa. It's something about that and developing those relationships that are just so priceless. And um, yeah, they're just really priceless. And there are people who also will tell you like it is when you're like, hey, you know, you're off your game. And they'll also be there to encourage you and support you to give you great ideas, great feedback. Um, so this one is really, really huge. So even though it's number seven, it's something that I would be doing quick, fast and in a hurry. And for me, um, two of the ways that I have been able to find my people um, one is conferences. You can find find them at conferences. When you go to conferences, and maybe I'll do a, I probably will do a podcast episode just about how to get the most out of conferences, but don't just stick with people you already know. Get to know someone new. Get to know other people. If follow people, if you follow people on social media, the great thing is usually people talk about the fact that they're going to these conferences. So if it's someone you've followed before and you see that they're coming to a conference, reach out to them and you can say, hey, I've been following you for a while and I saw you're going to this conference. I'm going to be there too. I would love to get together. And here's the thing. If they ignore you, may not be someone you want to get to know anyway. And two, if they write back and they're like, no, thanks. Also just saved you from having to get to know someone who probably isn't worth your time. Right? So the worst you can get is a no. And that's great. You can move on. Um, 
I just I did that very same thing. Um, one of my good friends in business, Katie. I saw her do an interview and in the interview, she mentioned how she likes to reach out and talk to new entrepreneurs and get to know new entrepreneurs. And I was like, I do too, but I'm kind of, I don't do that as often. And so I sent her an email and she didn't know me, but I just said, Hey, I saw that you mentioned in an interview that you really liked to talk to other entrepreneurs. And I love to chat sometime. And it turned out later, I think it was months and months later that she was going to come to a conference that was here in Greenville. And so we got together and we had a meal together. We sat together. I got to know her and I consider her a dear friend. And she's an amazing, amazing businesswoman. Um, and I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I one didn't step out and reach out to her. If I one wasn't already following her um, and, you know, kind of stepped out and did that. And I mean, it's just been really, really great. And so that was how I met her in person was at a conference. And I think that's just so such a great way to meet other people, especially when you get to meet them face to face. Um, And they don't have to be exactly like you. They don't again, like I said, have to do exactly what you do. But it just works for you can tell when there's someone who um, you guys mesh well, right? And then another great place is Facebook groups. If you're in Facebook groups for business owners, look and listen and kind of, you know, fill people out. You can fill people out even in a Facebook group. That's how I met Courtney, who is a great, 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 great friend of mine in business. And she is just, just amazing um, and brilliant. And I met her that way. And we just kind of connected from talking and we realized that we had a lot of personality similarities. We're both very strong-willed, determined women who are growing businesses like wildfire. And I just loved her, just loved everything about her and what she was doing and how giving she was with her time. And I knew this is someone I want to be around, right? This is someone who's going places and I want to be a part of her journey. I want to watch and cheer her on. And she feels the same way about me. And so those are the two ways I have found some really close people um, in business who I feel that I could honestly and genuinely confide in, could bounce ideas off of, ask questions, and I trust that they feel the same way about me as well. And so that is something that I think is really important, and that is to develop relationships. Um, and that is not talking about with your customer, but talking about with your fellow entrepreneurs um, and colleagues. So those are the seven things that I would do if I was starting all over again. Notice I never talked about a logo or colors or am I going to be an LLC? Um, A lot of those things which are important aren't actually as important as we make them out to be. But I'm going to give you one more bonus and actually do one more. I'm going to tell you this one. is something that is actually really, really important as it relates to many of the things that I've already talked about. And that is I would invest in professional quality photos of my products and of other people using my products. This is not something that I did until way into my business. In fact, this year is the very first year where I have completely 100% outsourced my photography, my product photography. I finally found an amazing photographer and oh, I'm like, why did I not do this sooner? Why did I not spend this money? Probably because I was being too tight-fisted thinking, oh, I can just take pictures myself. But by the time I would take pictures, edit the pictures, upload them, and then get them on the website. Do you know how much time I could have, you know, my time is worth, no. I can't afford myself or how much that I would charge someone for four hours of my life. And that's, 
more than four hours to do all of those things, right? To take the pictures, edit them, and then sometimes I had to reshoot them. Sometimes they weren't that great, but I just stuck with it. They weren't uniform. <sighs> oh, 2017 Shantae um, talking to 2014 Shantae would say, girl, pay somebody to do this. <laughs> so that is one of the places where rather than paying for a fancy theme on Shopify, like I said, this is a place that needs your money more. Because your iPhone pictures, as pretty as they might be, they're not going to be as crisp, solid and uniform as a professional. And you've now saved yourself buckets of time. So like I said, I didn't hire someone until this year. I've hired people in the past to do like photo shoots, but actually doing product photography for full time, 100% is not something that I invested in until this year. And that is something I would definitely do differently if I were starting all over. And so if you find yourself with the funds to be able to do this, typically, um, it depends on your product. But you know, professional product photographers charge anywhere from 10 to $25 per product. Again, it depends on your product. For me, I have a lot. And I continue to send them in because they're shooting not only current stuff, but future stuff for my line sheets for my stock is so you have to make sure you have the budget for it but even if you can start small because when you're starting out you don't have a ton of products anyway or at least you shouldn't so that is my number eight quick little bonus not only does it make your website look better but it's going to help you with your marketing if you're trying to get into magazines you already have beautiful ready pictures not only of the products but again of people using your products whatever way that means and however that means for you or if it even means getting editorial you know photography which is really big for you know those of you who are in the apothecary space who have like you know facial creams you want those pretty pictures with the botanicals and the water and all that so photography would be my eighth area that I would focus on if I were starting all over. It is definitely something that I wish I would have done sooner. I've seen the results, just the increase in revenue. When you have better pictures, you're going to sell more because people feel like your product is worth more. It's more, it feels more expensive. You can take two of the exact same product and charge more for one with better photography than you can for the one with worse photography. And they're the exact same product. So You'll feel better about it. You'll save yourself time. You'll show the quality of your products. And it's just nice. It's so nice. So that would be the eighth thing that I would do if I could start all over again. And so I hope this um, list of walking through what I would do if I were starting over again has been really helpful for you. I'm going to review them again, one through seven. And then, of course, our bonus number eight. So let's start back from the beginning. So number one, the first thing I would do is to open a bank account. This acknowledges the importance of not commingling your funds and keeping track of your money, your income and your outgo, making sure you're sitting down every week if possible to really go over your numbers. So that would be my very first thing that I would do. Number two is I'd have to send people somewhere to become customers and that would be my website. I would go with Shopify for $29 per month. And you can go back to episode number five, where I talk about my experience using Etsy, Squarespace, and Shopify. If you want to learn a little bit more about why I ended up landing with Shopify and decided to go with them. And if you're interested in starting a free trial with them, you can go to shantagrant.com forward slash Shopify for a 14 day trial. And stay tuned because I've got something to walk you through creating your own Shopify site coming really, really soon. Number three is I would choose one hero platform for social media, and then I'd find someone who's killed it in that area, who works well with me, who whose teaching I 
do, I guess, learn well from. And I take their course so that I could master it as well to save myself the time because time, my friends, is money. Then I take the remaining social media platforms, which for product-based businesses, I think for you, that's just Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, you know, your own views on Snapchat and Periscope, do what you will. But those are the three places for product-based businesses, according to moi in 2017, September of 2017. We know how things change so fast. So I will say that I would choose one, stick with that, make that my hero platform, save my name on the others and learn how to master that one first. Number four is I would create a free email account with MailChimp and I would do that. Um, for free, again, saving money, learning how to grow and cultivate an email list. Number five is marketing, marketing, marketing. I'd work on collaborations. Um, I'd work with people giving them free things, but being free with intent and caution, making sure that there is a mutual benefit for both parties involved. And I'd go to the place where my audience spends time and I'd find ways to inject my brand there. Number six is I would then talk to those new customers that begin to come in to learn about why they chose to buy from me. Number seven, I would develop relationships. I'd watch and find one to two like-minded people in business who I could trust. Two places I'd start, conferences and Facebook groups. And number eight, I would invest in professional quality photos of my products and my products being used. So there you have it. That is what I would do if I were starting all over again. So I hope that you found that really helpful. Um, and I'd love to hear any insights you take away from that. I love hearing your feedback and your thoughts from the podcast episodes. Really, really fun. Leave a message on Instagram at, at Shantae Grant or over in the Business Life Enjoy Facebook group, which you can find by going to shantaegrant.com forward slash community. Thank you for joining me in today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. If you found value in today's episode, I would love if you would leave a review in whichever form you listen to the podcast. Reviews not only help to spread the podcast to other listeners, but it also lets me know that you enjoy the content. So thank you again, and I will see you next week on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast waiting just for you each and every Monday morning. Until then, my friends, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.